Welcome to episode three of Closer with Simone Marie. This week I talk to the brilliant singer, songwriter, musician, record producer and DJ Andy Bell. Uh, he's obviously known for his work with Ride, Oasis, BDI and Hurricane Number no. 1. I caught up with him during lockdown in May to see what he's been up to, how he's been coping and talk about his other project, Glock. And his apparent disdain for parrot's feet. <laughs> Please enjoy. And don't forget to subscribe for all future episodes. Hi, this is Andy Bell, and you're listening to Simone Marie. Okay, so please welcome to the show, Mr. Andy Bell. How are you? I'm good. I'm feeling much more relaxed now that we've got this thing going. <laughs> I know. We had a bit of a <laughs> bit of a, a ghost in the system, but yeah. I think anything technical, it's always got a bit of a drawback. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a technical person, so it kind of makes me a bit like if the first thing that I ha- if the first thing doesn't work, I'm like, well, now I don't know what I haven't got really got a backup. <laughs> <laughs> you say you're not a technical person, but I've seen your pedal boards; it's pretty extensive. Yeah, and you do. I mean, like, have you kind of gotten obviously like you come from a guitar background, but are you getting more into that electronic thing or the technical side of studio based stuff? Or? I suppose so, grudgingly. Yeah, yeah. I use. Um, I tend to use the when I make music on the laptop. I tend to use it like a tape machine. That's mm-hmm. something that I do understand. I come from a sort of four track cassette background, and so anything that acts like that. I have mm. an easy way into, but say yeah. um, something like Ableton, it's just uh-huh. completely confusing to me because I, ca- I can't tell. It's like um, it's like operating without. It's just like you know you're you're not grounded to anything. It's just free floating music without a, you know what I mean. It's not on yeah. anything. It's just there on the screen, and you're like, it's well, where? Weird. It's weird when you don't have something tangible in front. I think, especially if you've, you, the first thing you've done really is just pick up an instrument and have that, like that kind of connection to an instrument is instantaneous. And then it's like a completely different mindset to yeah. be using sounds that aren't actually physical. I wasn't. Yeah, exactly. It's, I wasn't making music on computers until quite recently really I mean it was sort of BDI era um Jeff Wooten mm. who was the bass player in BDI for a while he he said you should be making you should be using your computer to make music and I was like show me how then and he's got me started with GarageBand so uh-huh. I started using GarageBand and then um at some point someone said to me that you know Logic is like the grown-up version of that you know <laughs> yeah. you can't be a real musician and still <laughs> Using like Garage a- band is good for a first port of call though, because it, it's very kind of user friendly. If you have never kind of gotten into that world at all, you can kind of use it without really much previous knowledge. I think. Yeah, you can. It's great. Um, so from that, I just went to Logic, and then and then Logic X came out, um, mm. which is the point where I was like, I was, I it changed completely at that point, and I got really confused. And then I did sign up to some lessons at that point. Is that when you, I read that because you've got your solo project, Glock, which is, I really love that, by the way. And is that when you spent, I read that you spent like six months kind of doing a whole course on Logic and recreating like all those classic dance tracks to kind of get a feel for how, you know, to do that. I did. I went to a place called Subbase, which is Mm -hmm. um, just across the road from St. Thomas's Hospital near Waterloo Station. Okay. Um. And there's a room upstairs where they teach people to use Logic, and it's really good. I mean, I, I, um, 
I learned loads and it's, it was really useful knowledge as well. Like you'd st- you start off by going straight to the onboard sampler. So you're really learning proper recording skills, but via mm. the, via the computer. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, sampling and then like things like how to use compression properly, which for me was quite interesting because with compressors, I love compressors, but I use them mm. as volume pedals. I just kind of turn everything up and it yeah. always sounds great. Yeah. Um, I never knew what was happening when it was doing that. Yeah. I, th- I think I thought that compression was sort of like gain until about 2014. Yeah. Now I understand I mean, I, I guess if you're coming from a, a guitar and a live music point of view, that's totally normal to, to come from that angle, isn't it? Yeah, because pedals are sort of like, it's a bit of a trial and everything, isn't it, with pedals? You try mm. something in the shop and it makes you feel like, cooler so you buy it and then yeah um or it sounds cool um yeah you end up owning it and then you might not even know what it's doing what the process is Mm. but it just works for you is your setup changed a lot over the years of what you do live with ride because you're um there's definitely a consistency with with the records and the sounds but i mean obviously the last two um have a different edge to them I and mean, they were obviously produced by Errol Alkin and, and they just have a they still sound like ride but it's kind of this this just a different feel about them is that changed the way you approach it live on stage um well it's a bit of a story this there's a bit of a story to this is um going back to the early ride days so I had mm-hmm. a, a um Roland GP16 which is a rack mounted mm-hmm. multi-effects unit with a a pedal board that has about eight buttons that you can preset so Uh the basic sounds for all the stuff on the nowhere album the early ride stuff that people like is they're all the sounds came from the gp16 and i had a very clean amp i had um, a marshall cab but i had a high watt head because Mm -hmm. um that was the combination that pete townsend used to use so i just used that i read that somewhere and thought that'd be good when I saw yeah. a high watt, I was like, oh yeah, Pete Townsend, I'll get that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so I ended up with quite a cleanish sound because I was using a 12-string Rickenbacker, so it was, wasn't was super mm. distorted. So all the distortion was coming from the, uh, the GP16, mm. which, if you think about it now, is not really a very nice way to do that musically, but mm-hmm. it kind of worked at the time. Yeah. And um, so then going into the second ride album, um, doing stuff like leave more behind mm-hmm. I was using a lot of effects that were in the studio so Alan Mulder was producing and yeah. I'd sit in the control room with Alan doing guitar tracks guitar solos or just sort of sounds and overdubs and he'd be dialing stuff up and most of the stuff that really worked came from this one unit called the Eventide Ultra oh. Harmonizer yeah and amazing. yeah it's brilliant um lots of the backwards reverbs and the modulated reverbs and the sort of all this kind of real cool um like develop sounds that develop over time delays Mm. and reverbs that develop in while they're being played Mm. um are all from that and alan really knew it inside out he was a real expert on it so he he set me up with a lot of the sounds people credit me for actually um so I guess it's a dual effort, isn't it? In in those kind of yeah, situations. it's a it's a real good. I mean, that was a really good, really good working process. Um, yeah. So then, fast forward sort of twenty years, and I'm back in ride again, um, uh-huh. and I'm using a pedal board that that I've um, built during the the BDI touring time, mm. um, and on that board, I've got these 
Eventide have started making guitar pedals. So now Eventide are doing the reverbs that I was using back in the 90s. Uh-huh. But I could never reproduce those sounds live at the ride gigs, but now I can. Yeah, I mean, the last time I saw you, I've seen you a few times, um, but um, the last show I saw you was in Antwerp when yeah. you uh, yeah. when you were doing like the, you know songs from the most recent album, and it's I think it's definitely the best I've ever seen you and, and heard you guys. It was just. I not don't mean to fangirl, but just on a sonic level as a, an appreciation of of the um of the band, it was just incredible. I mean, it's not you don't always want a band to sound exactly like the album when you see them live. You know, I don't think that's the whole yeah. point of playing the show. But um, it was just the songs uh were brought to life in such an in, incredible way. Well, thank you, thank you so much. But you really came to a you really came to a good one. <laughs> Yeah, did I? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I did. Yeah. I yeah. Feel I did. Um, Antwerp was one of the real highlights. In fact, it was Antwerp, oh, wow. after that gig you came to, it was when we started saying, look, we should be recording these. Um, yeah. So we've, we're possibly working on a live album based on the Barcelona show. Um, Amazing. I don't know whether it's, I mean, we've got it recorded. It, like a lot of things, we start projects yeah. and then don't finish them, but we'll see. Um, I hope it happens anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, God, I'd love to relive that. I'm sure everyone else would as well. Where's there, where, where are some of your favourite places to play like uh, around the world and in Europe? Um, I do like, I do like Barcelona. Um, yeah, it's a real good town. A lot of it comes down to the audiences you get. But yeah, totally. I mean, I like everywhere. You can have a good night anywhere. I wouldn't have ever predicted Antwerp would be a great gig because. It's not a city that springs to mind immediately when you think, where's a great mm-hmm. gig, you know? But yeah. that was one of the best ones. Yeah. True. It's a great sounding venue, actually. It was, yeah. It was really There's good. a couple of rooms there, and I don't think I'd been to see one in, the, in that bigger room. And, um, yeah. When you so go to a gig that has a great sound, it makes you want to go to that venue again, doesn't it? Yeah, um, completely. You keep because it you play better, and it just is a better show, and you have a better vibe, and it just sort of reinstills that whole point of doing it yeah you know you've got those venues like barrelands that are just always fantastic i'm sure you get the same thing the scream go over so big and obviously glasgow is a big town for the scream isn't it it is it is yeah i mean um you know not to talk about this the scream too much because i want to talk to you about your stuff but i mean that was the last year in when we finished the tour at the end of the year like november december that was the first time i'd ever played glasgow barrelands with the with the guys and that was there's something about the last couple of shows or the last show of a tour, of a tour isn't there? Where yeah. it's sort of, it just, not, I'm not saying all hell breaks loose, but there's this kind of like <sighs> unbuttoning of, of the last kind of like thing on of the shirt. And you're just like, <sighs> yeah, everyone just kind of lets go a bit. And um, that was a magic vibe, man. In it's that, the last in that chance place. to dance, isn't it? Yeah, the it last is the last thing. chance to dance. <laughs> Got to get it all in it's that night, otherwise it's, it's done. If you hold back anymore, the last show, that's it. Yeah. I mean, um, how are you sort of dealing with the... Uh, I'm guessing you might have had some cancelled shows this year. Yeah, I'd say in the grand scheme of things, we're lucky. Um, mm. Yes, we've had cancelled shows. I mean, they're they're inching forward, the cancellations now. We, we had gigs in April, we had gigs in May, we had gigs in June. They've all gone. Yeah. Um, and now we're moving into July, which is still question marks. I mean, we had we had a full festival run planned in a diary pretty much every weekend through 
spring summer um so it's a shame to see those gigs go but you know in the in the big scheme of things those trips um they're not they're they're like festivals different to your album tour like if if you were about to put an album out right now and it was all just cancelled that would be so gutting i know a lot of people have been you know trying to navigate that it must be so hard it's very tough. I've got friends. I mean, we've both got friends that are in that situation, I think. And it's not easy for anyone. Like, mm. I think whether you're established or not so established or starting out, but people who have had album releases in the diary since, you know, last year and they can't tour the album. And it's, um, I guess, the whole interaction of, you know, people streaming and going online is becoming like a much more important thing now. Yeah, definitely. Online interaction on it, on all different levels is just becoming the lifeline isn't it Um, but more than more than anything else I've noticed that music is a real music can be such a help it's music's really come into its own in this period because because music's one thing you can you can just lose yourself in um if you're say you're isolating on your own or you're isolating just Mm. day after day is the same you can Mm. really go to music and find something good yeah, I mean, how have you, I've noticed in particular, I mean, lots of industries, uh, there isn't any industry that isn't affected by this, of course, um, musicians, the music industry is no different, but I've kind of felt that the music industry have really pulled together because um, nobody wants to let venues close, nobody wants music shops to close, nobody wants festivals and, and, and bands to kind of be this dismantled. Do you get a sense of that, you know, people kind of really supporting each other? Yes, I do, yeah. I'm not sure how it's all going to pan out. Um, I know that mm. uh, uh, you know various friends of mine are, are running, I don't know, other venues or or bands or labels or whatever it is. Mm. Everyone's feeling the the, the um, feeling the weight of it all at the moment, and mm. you just, I mean, guys, it's it's a tough one. But we, but like you say, the community spirit is definitely there. I can feel that anyway. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it does bring out the worst, but also I think really more important it brings out the best in people doesn't it yeah you see a lot of good things coming out of it yeah do you think it's going to change the way you approach music and sort of live shows and how you sort of stay in contact with your fans in the future yeah I think it definitely is going to change things at least for a while um Mm. but it's going to have effects that will last for a long long time I think yeah it's funny that your last album is called like this is not a safe place <laughs> I, I'm going to be really wary about what, like what albums I, I, I kind of buy now because it just feels like it felt it even the title of it feels like such a kind of um prediction in a way it's funny yeah I'm starting to regret that title now if, I, <laughs> if we are some kind of prophets you know <laughs> should have called it coming much better god yeah. <laughs> think of like five better titles right now <laughs> Can you suddenly do a new album just called like Everything's Okay? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Thank everything. God that's over completely. Yeah. All of the tours are back on the new <laughs> album by right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what are you doing to sort of stay sane in all this? Like, I saw you been doing some really cool uh, Insta videos of, of you playing guitar. It's, it's really nice to see. Yeah, that's that's probably the main thing I've been doing to stay sane. Um, mm. And that's literally just a little focus every day to differentiate it from the last day. Mm. um it just takes a couple of minutes to to put it together and then put it online and I don't know I've I've had a good re- really good real good reaction to doing it so I think people are appreciating it yeah is it do you think it's a part of it that's maybe sort of reinvigorated your 
uh, or made you kind of reassess like w what you do as a musician or, or, or what you play or who your influences are that kind of thing do you think there's a, a bit of introversion going on yeah sort of it's um what I've got available you know around the house is that guitar that I'm playing um and it's sort of putting me more into an acoustic guitar frame of mind for sure mm. um yeah, yeah you've got this fun. beautiful like is it one a one two five that you've been playing it sounds sounds really nice yeah i found out what it is in the last month because pe people are asking me and i said it's a gibson and they yeah. wanted more than that so someone else got on <laughs> and said oh it's actually do. a gibson one two five whatever and i'm like oh right, that's what it is then good i'll write that down yeah <laughs> do you think there's a lot of kind of pressure or perceived pressure there definitely I feel like there wasn't the beginning for musicians or performers of any kind to be really creative at this time or I mean like because really that time that we've got is not like a, a, a sort of inspired creative time is it because it's there's a sort of lack of um, events there's a lack of kind of things going on to be inspired by but do you feel that people are looking to artists to suddenly up the output levels somehow people are yeah they are looking they seem to be looking to people to provide them some kind of, I don't know I don't know really what yeah I'm not really sure yeah. actually yeah um I don't know whether they're people are, are expecting it or whether it's the people that run socials are expecting it hmm yeah, lots of people needing content, aren't they? Because yeah, like, I've had not much so many so requests like... for different things. Um, yeah, and you know, we we have an album to promote, so I think some of it is to do with that. But also, I just feel that there is people are sort of um, looking for anything to, like we're saying mm. about the online thing, has become so much more like the only way of communicating. So people mm. are really looking for for that from musicians. Yeah, I mean, I had this feeling. I mean, I saw somebody do it. I was talking to a, to someone else the other day about it. That um, I saw a band. They were doing a gig. Like, obviously, they were all socially distanced enough to be able to kind of be on stage and operate a kind of live situation. But then they just played to an empty venue and were streaming it. And the fear of that kind of, I mean, the the thought of that puts a sort of bit of fear into me because it is so, you know, vibeless and soulless. But yeah, do you know what I like? I, I mean, that's, yeah. one, that's one thing, and that's cool for cool of them to do that. Um, and I've seen a lot of bands doing, like the you know you're you're all playing in a little square and you're playing together and it's yeah. like a track. But the the things that I've loved the most, there's two actually. One mm. was Rod Stewart. Um, oh yeah. At breakfast time over here, I, uh -huh. I guess it was evening time where he is in probably in Bel Air or something. Yeah. Um, it was him and his I think his daughter sat a piano having a sing song and oh. getting it all wrong starting songs again changing yeah. the key going over to the other room just chatting mm. away reading the screen and just it was so brilliantly chaotic yeah it, it was and, and then and then in contrast the minute you know you hear Rod's voice it's just like <laughs> just incredible you know I haven't um, seen that. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, it just popped up on my Instagram live, and I, I, um, yeah. I was having my breakfast. It was about probably two weeks ago. Mm. And the other one that I really loved was um, it might have been on Paddy's Day. It was Imelda May, and okay. her fella did one from their kitchen, and it Brilliant. was like the the camera or the phone was sort of like at one side of a table, and it was sort of like a dark kitchen. You could just see all the booze on the table, and <laughs> and I think they spent a couple hours online just singing Irish 
Irish music, you know, and it was right. so good. So that, that's the yeah. kind of thing I like is is the more informal stuff. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it, to kind of break that illusion. You know, there is that kind of mystique and all that um, kind of idea that you shouldn't get too close to your musicians you love or they, they shouldn't reveal too much. But I think this is a time for actually making everybody feel like those sort of limits aren't there and you know everyone's yeah. going through this in their own way to varying degrees but it's nice to kind of break those boundaries a little bit right now definitely you know that feeling um if you're watching a band playing a gig in an empty venue it just brings mm. it all home so much more that it's not a real gig yeah on something about that is it feels to me like you you know in contrast i'd rather sit with that band sitting around backstage chatting or something yeah um, yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Just to kind of be not a fly on the wall, but part just, of the normality of it. Yeah, something like that just seems to connect more. Mm. How are the rest of the guys in the band? Have you have you been in touch with them? Um, yeah, now and again. I mean, everyone has been um, taking a little bit of a break. I mean, we, we what we were doing anyway was taking a break. We're not rushing into another yeah. album or anything. So um, yeah, yeah, that was always the plan. So everyone's getting on with their own things, really. But yeah, yeah. I've I've got like you know phone contact with them. It's funny you you kind of um, you phone people more as well. As, yes, I do like a phone call. I mean, I, I'm not I'm I'm getting into the Zoom calls, but I do really like a good old fashioned phone call. Me as well. too. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny because like you know before this. You would text someone if they even called you back. You'd be like, "Oh my god, why are they calling me?" Yeah, what, it's what, what, serious. Nobody calls each other anymore, and now it's like we've gone from calling to videoing, and and that would be like out of the question. And all you're like, oh, "How? What are you doing, videoing me?" You know, and yeah. now it's like it's perfectly normal. You know, just to be FaceTiming every everybody. And it, yeah, it's do you think great. that we'll once we're used to this, to think that will continue then? I would like to think so. I would like to think so. I think like anything, maybe every generation has these kind of shocks that sort of take them back to the things that really matter in humanity and, you know, being there for, for each other and, and just appreciating that this, this time is really not, you know, permanent. And, and I'd like to think those kind of things. I hope it's stay. not permanent. I really, really, really miss the pub. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I was gonna I'm say, so sorry. I was going to say like, what are your main things that you're missing? I reckon it's going to be like playing live watching the football and pubs yeah yeah exactly <laughs> big gigs they being in, yeah. being in crowds being at a football match you know oh man but i think the foot is sort of starting up again isn't it just without any any crowds i heard that's, that's not what i mean it's not about the football <laughs> no no i know but like it goes some way to like <laughs> sort of scratching that itch i suppose yeah it's terrible isn't it i was thinking like just the other day, it's weird that you can go so long without just, I don't mean it in a weird way, but go so long without just touching another fellow human. Yeah. Just a hug or like touching someone on the shoulder or like the other day I wanted to help. I saw this woman really struggling with her shopping and I instinctively went up to help her with the shopping. I was, I was like, I can't, what yeah. am I doing? I can't, I can't do it. It's just uh, like all of our instincts, instincts have kind of been like taken away almost. Are you um, isolating on your own then all alone? I am, yeah. Wow. So how many weeks have you just been in the gaff on your own? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm going out every day, and I've, I've made this, like, workout that I do in the park with, like, two logs that are kind of like, act as, like, a step routine. Have you painted faces on the logs yet and given them names? <laughs> oh, my 
God, what like a sort of cut like Tom Hanks castaway yeah. thing? I like talk to them. <laughs> oh no, Mick and Keith. I, I have yeah, Mick and Keith. Oh God, I mean I haven't got to the point where I'm painting faces on stuff yet, but I think it's going to happen. I might paint a face on the kettle because I see it every week morning. five maybe. <laughs> well, I'm on week this. Well, this is the end of week six for me. Is it? So next week will be week seven. And then we're coming into two months. And that's when. I mean, it's funny because um, I think as, a, like, as musicians, I said to Andrew the other day, it's a bit like this permanent state of coming back from tour and yeah. not really knowing what to do. And we don't I think when you're self-employed, you don't really have that. You know, you don't have that schedule. You don't have that sort of nine to five. I've got to be here every single day from X time to X time. You know, you get flurry of ideas or flurry of work and you just sort of organize your day as and when. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't mean like you're getting up at two in the afternoon every day, but like you every day is different. I don't know what I'd do if I was in your situation of just being in the house, basically on on your own, trying to fill mm-hmm. the time um, because I've got um, two kids, two little kids. Mm. and so with you know the, the family the four of us are together um yeah, there's shiara's working from home so she's doing a lot of the video calls for work reasons mm-hmm. so that during that point i've got the kids and i'm trying to do the schooling thing with various yeah. varying levels of success yeah how was are you like gone into like teacher mode for the, I think I was, the school as such is not a top end school <laughs> it's more uh-huh. one of those free you know free wheeling sort of Hippie mm. schools where there's like it's ninety percent PE. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd gone to that school. <laughs> and art, or maybe like nine percent art, and then one percent attempting to do anything else. But um, <laughs> we're doing our best, you know. Sounds like a happy childhood to me, man. I'm trying to. I mean, I'm I'm prioritizing their their happiness more than the, oh, the schooling. Really, that sounds like. That's, I'm going to cry. <laughs> do you, I mean, um, do you teach them music? Do they, are, they, are they interested in what you do as a profession? They, yeah. they. I mean, I don't teach them music, but um, mm. my daughter, she's eight, and she has piano lessons. And oh. that's been um, quite interesting, actually, because she's wrote a song. She wrote a song the other day. She oh wrote out the, She had this series of notes, and she kept playing them, and she's like, right, Daddy, I want to write these down. Oh. And she wrote them down. And oh man, I've got to remember what it's called. Um, this song's got an amazing title. That oh wow, I've got to know that now. Oh man, I'm have to follow this up. <laughs> Can I just? Are you, you can edit, edit this later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to ask her. I mean, one go, yeah, I'm going to ask. <clears throat> Hiya. Hey. You can leave that gap in for drama drama oh yeah i think we should add it in just leave it in honestly i can just play a little excerpt of um some kind of banjo music the song is called in the galaxy which i'm definitely stealing that is pretty cosmic yeah i'm gonna say you're gonna start nicking ideas (laughs) she's the the secret member of ride now oh wow so she wrote that on the piano i love that do you remember your first song that you ever wrote? Um, not really. Um, my mm. first band was called Andy and the Atomic Apples. Um, Amazing. Then I'm guessing that's not on Spotify or Apple. it should be on Apple Music, considering the name. Yeah, yeah, it should be, but it's not. What kind of stuff was that? Oh, uh, you know, drone rock. 
throwing rock. I love it. <laughs> of course it was. What a stupid question to ask Andy Bellman. A lot of like Steve Rice type experiment, that kind of thing, like minimalist classical yeah, music. Okay. No, it was it was just like <laughs> Sure. I believe you, man. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if it's even a style. <laughs> I don't know, Philip Glass, maybe, something like that. Yeah. Uh, is there like a, is there a style of music that you maybe would go absolutely not like to incorporate on a new because I know you do the Glock thing on the side and I guess you you must know like if if an idea is a ride idea or if an idea is like your own idea well this is how the Glock stuff happens is because um, I started to so we we're talking about the course I did on on the um, on Logic and from doing that I started to make a lot more electronic like music with an electronic kind of starting point and um I was just noticing that a lot of the tracks I was doing didn't end up really feeling like songy songs um but mm. I did like them a lot so it was more like atmospheric instrumental stuff so when, yeah. in the beginning it was like well instrumental stuff is going to go in a different um a different pile sort of thing and that pile is what became the mm. Glock album but those tunes started life as a series of individual tracks that I put out, um, just put out via a label called Globe with a view to trying to get soundtrack work as a, you know, like a soundtrack maker. I thought, yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. Yeah, that's kind of where I thought it would go. So I, I kind of, you know, was able to meet some people and talk to some people from that label and they, they decided to let me give, give it a go. Um, so we did put these tracks online. So the, I think five out of the seven tracks on that Glock album are those songs, but we put them out and nothing happened. So that just got left. And then a couple of years later, I had mm-hmm. a call from Joe Clay, who is, is a friend of mine, um, um, but he runs an electronic cassette label called Bytes. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm running this label. Um, I've, I'm aware that you've put these trucks out, tracks out under the name Glock, would you want to put them out as a cassette? And I just said, yeah, great, let's do it. And I had to sort of ask the other label and they signed it all over yeah. to them, you know, they let it go basically because it wasn't really um, that much of a thing to let go. Yeah. Um, and the rest is history, I suppose. Yeah. It, it's funny how well it works as an album. I love it, man. I think it's great. Thank and you. it's um I don't know. You can still hear how it, it might kind of feed into something that that Ride would do, but it, it's it's sort of still like uniquely yeah. yours at the same time as well. Yeah, there are tracks that Ride have done where it's a bit of a grey area. Like it could have been like mm-hmm. um, some called Catchy Dreaming um, could mm. easily have have been a Glock track, really, um, and, and other ones mm. too. You know, there's a, a song called Cloud Cover on the Glock album that could have been a Ride song. Mm. Um, yeah. you just have to add vocals you know so it's a at it, some point it just becomes like well what does it feel like you know what in the I'm going to decide now how I feel is it going to go into the Glock world yeah. or the right world or or a different world yeah I mean you're you're one of the few bands that still have the original lineup um is is that just because you um like why do you think why do you kind of think that is you think it's just that you just all really click as a band it's like the roses i think i mean i, I, mm. I wouldn't be so bold as to put ourselves on the same level as that but um no no, I, no i'd say it's equal it's uh four people that are equally important to the sound of the band um 
what everyone brings is really important. You can't imagine the Roses with a different bass player um, or a different drummer. Yeah, yeah you, can't, you, you can't take any of them out and it would no, be the same band, it's just can that you? thing, really. Yeah. How, how does it kind of work in the studio? Is, is it that you sort of bring different ideas to the table or you, like Mark's got maybe more ideas for the lyrics and you have more ideas for the, the top lines and melody or is it very much a shared kind of thing? Um, it depends on the album you're talking about. Um, Weather mm. Diaries as a record was quite collaborative and we'd mm. sort of send demos between us, between each other for a period and then get, get together and rehearse them. And then things like All I Want was a studio jam that Mark put, put a melody to. And then mm. we didn't have lyrics in the end. So in the end, I wrote the lyrics to that or a lot of them anyway. Mm-hmm. And other tracks worked in the opposite way around and it's all different permutations of it really. Mm. I remember um, seeing you at XOYO, I think it was. Yeah. And um, I kind of made a point of standing right in front of you because I wanted that like Andy Bell wall of sounds. <laughs> and I also wanted to see what pedals you were using. I was like, I'm always the person who's having a peek over the stage, like, mm, what's she using? You know, <laughs> like, what's going on there? <laughs> the, the wall of sound was in full force that night. Oh, man. Yeah, I forgot to bring my earplugs as well. So that was, I was like, eee! for days (laughs) i didn't realize how intimate that venue is but it was brilliant it was a great great gig yeah it's such a sweaty little like low ceilings all the exposed pipes everything is black inside did you stay for the night did you stay and have a dance afterwards i think i did yeah i mean a little it was a little bit of a blur i think there might have been a a couple of rum and cokes involved there i say Mm. but um no i did i did i did remember staying after because it was so packed yeah, it was, it was great. Completely sold out, like sort of queuing to get in, all that business, and it yeah. was just rammed. Um, I mean, it feels weird, doesn't it? Because like, I kind of wonder when we're going to be able to be that close to each other again. Even in a gig situation, it's it's hard quite... to imagine, isn't it? Like you, th- yeah. you know, you might they might start loosening up the rules, but you can't. At what point are they going to say, "Yeah, you can have a gig"? Because a gig is all about, I mean, jumping around with people. I know, right? I mean, it goes back to the idea of doing like show, stream shows in empty venues, or maybe they sell half the tickets. Can you imagine like, social distancing at a gig, a standing what, two you know meters I mean? away from everybody thinking, else? Like, who the hell's going to book out the O2 and and just sell half the tickets so people can be like two seats yeah, away? The from O2 people, sold uh... out, a hundred tickets are gone. <laughs> Fifty people in the, in the crowd. <laughs> wow, what a vibe, man! Yeah, don't crowd surf for whatever you do. <laughs> it's like. Oh God, it's so crazy. Thanks a lot, COVID nineteen. Yeah, I know. It's so surreal. Do you ever just get days when you're just like, I don't know what's going on. It's like it's just really yeah. surreal, man. Literally. Um, are there any um, just going back to your like Instagram videos? Um, are there any uh, like musicians that are kind of making this a little bit better for you at the moment? You know, like albums or musicians that you kind of like to listen to a bit more right now. Um, I've been playing a lot of six music and mm. especially at the beginning when it was more, uh, because my, my sort of little journey through all this has been, I've, I've really chilled now. Um, but mm. at the beginning before, sort of just before the lockdown, um, for those like two weeks when it was all a bit weird and up in the air and what's going to happen and is, yeah. is are we going to lock down? And like, I sort of thought we should lock down, yeah. um, but I hadn't done it yet. Yeah. And um, six music at that point was it was a lifeline because it was like they were just playing all the songs they kept playing there was one song in particular and I'm gonna have to think now what it was called but it was mm. 
But we oh, can man. leave the gap in for more drama <laughs> as well. It's okay. Thinking dun, dun, dun. I could do like the countdown. You know, uh, when I start to think of something and I am getting older, I'm losing my brain cells. But when I not? just ask myself the question and then move on and forget, I think it was, who's, who's Ezra Furman? Is that someone in the band? Yeah, Ezra Furman, that's it, yeah. Yeah. I think it was him, and there's a okay. tune he had out, like almost like a classic rock song. Oh God! You know, I I I'm know going, him, but I'm not um, so familiar. Um, uh, we'll I'm we'll look it clean. up. I'm coming clean. Ah, oh, okay, okay. Have you heard it? Don't think I have. I feel really out of touch now. Let me just see if I can get it on my Spotify. Just to yeah. make sure it is the right person. Let's type it in somewhere. It is Ezra Furman. I'm coming clean. Okay. That tune. Oh, there we go. Yeah, put, put your mic to it. I know you can't play it on the radio, but. Yeah, I know we can. Oh yeah, I know this track. It's got a Boland vibe to it, hasn't it? Yeah, that tune. Whenever I heard it, I just stopped what I was doing and just sort of. It just seemed to. There's something in the guitar tone that felt like how I felt. Mm. Just sort of like very human such a nice way of describing it but yeah that so that would be one song definitely and then but then as the it's funny as it's gone on and and we've settled into a groove and i've done stuff like i finally you know started painting walls you know it's got to that point did you mean to do that or did it just start happening where you're like screw it i'm gonna paint i'm gonna, I'm gonna just it's, paint everything it's come to that it's the only thing left <laughs> to do now is just like paint some walls um that's only the last few days um now but now music is more like um it's more like a just a, a thing a fun thing like it's more it's gone from six music to more like smooth fm <laughs> yeah that's a really good analogy actually because there was that initial massive anxiety and shock that everyone yeah. felt. i mean I, I, you just described it perfectly I, I definitely felt it and then it's sort of a process of trying to acclimatize to it but nobody wants to get used to it yeah, you get through two weeks and you're like, okay, well, that's fine. Everyone in my unit, my little unit of people yeah. um, is doing fine health-wise. So that, I mean, Good. you know, that's that I'm very grateful for. That's like the yeah. starting point. And people that that are not in that position, I do really feel for them because to have mm. the illness or to have someone close to you go through the illness, that must be so horrible. Oh, God, yeah. Um, I mean, there are so many. I mean, no matter how difficult things are, you know for anyone that there's always somebody who's kind of worse off and um and yeah. we're the lucky ones because we're healthy you know you just gotta look yes. at it like that and we're not injecting Dettol yet so it's okay not injecting Dettol yet no um <laughs> after that time had <laughs> gone by go we settled into a thing where it's like how do we make the most of this time how do we get through it well it's really just about staying in this zone and uh yeah you know just trying to get get through each day on this level. Um, it's the sort of thing about laughing at the pure absurdity of it yeah. as well, which Brits kind of do really well. Yeah, I mean, I not not a dark sense of humour, but it is a little bit like that, isn't it? It definitely is. I I switch the news off though. I don't go into the news. I I look at my Twitter every every you know to sort of yeah. catch up on it every now and then but I don't I try not to go too far into it because the news stresses me out because I don't you know same don't like it same yeah and I think if you don't have enough people around you to kind of just so just soak up that it becomes a bit of a um just a sort of echo chamber yeah. 
of things that are you know fears and anxieties and it's like the right amount of getting accurate information yes. compared to unnecessary like fear-based anxiety exactly you sort of hear right it, now you do, it's really hard to if you do hear it. a new story you can immediately imagine the conspiracy theories that are going to spin off it you know and yeah. and i'm just not in the headspace for that right now i've been watching a lot of telly you know when once the kids are asleep we've been just just finished watching a great series called devs um okay which is on the iplayer mm-hmm. and it's by alex garland who wrote that book the bit or oh the beach, the beach yeah yeah. Um and the music's by uh Jeff Barrow and Ben Salisbury. Oh wow. Did, cool. Um they do a lot of soundtracks. Don't don't do a lot of Black Mirror stuff and they did um that mm. film called is it called Ex Machina? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, their their music's really good. Yeah, I mean you mentioned Black Mirror. I feel like I'm sort of living in a bit of a Black Mirror actually. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> we <just> totally are. <laughs> It's oh gone beyond. God. We've gone through the looking glass. I know, right? It's crazy. Do you think it's going to like inform or in, not inspire? It's such a cliche word, isn't it? Inspire you. But like, um, do you think it's going to kind of feed into some kind of music that you'll do in the future? The last thing anyone wants is a COVID-19 inspired COVID record. Blue. Jesus. <laughs> I think we're <laughs> more likely to make a full on party album and that will be the, yeah, the right? right move. God, what do you think your first port of call is going to be after this? Is it going to be a pub or a football match or a live gig? Or what do you think is the first thing you're going to want to do? I think pub. Yeah. Just pub. I mean, I just think just to go to it, have that experience and just and just kind of appreciate the ritual of it that you have taken for granted all your life. Yeah. I really hope that a lot of these places are still going as well. And that we're not going to end up with another 5,000 Starbucks in, in London, you know, because people haven't been able to afford the the rates, the business rates while they're shut. And mm. I just um, hope everyone can sort of come through it. In that yeah. Sense. And it's, and it's hard to know what to do to kind of, but I guess to, to support these places, you just have to sort of, um, if they are on any level of operation, you have to just kind of support them by mm. using them in some, on yeah. some level somehow. Yeah. Have you um, got to the point where you're buying like really ridiculous things online or have you bought anything that you just would never entertain buying normally? No, not really. Like what? No. I'm, I'm sensing that you might have bought something ridiculous online. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just think because every, <laughs> I mean, as if online wasn't in our kind of life as, you know, enough already. But I think because we can't physically go out the shops. Yeah. You kind of online and I'm getting so many adverts and emails for like, hey, you looked at this five five months ago do you want to buy it you know it's like everyone's yeah. tracking you and you're like oh my the god the one thing i do have a regret and that is that i didn't get a dog um i i exactly that i was thinking this i've been thinking this every day like beginning. i'm really cause i'm really like puppy broody anyway yeah i would love to have a dog because right it can now. be trained by now mm. it's the perfect time to have a puppy because you need to devote pretty much like 200 percent of your time oh, yeah. to it. it's like, like the first few weeks is just like following it around going is it going to wee is it going to poo you like it's just sort of yeah like it's a ship it's a shitting machine basically yeah and first. you need to and once it does it inside once that's it it's over <laughs> yeah, no, right. you've never known and it is you've gonna... never known stress like the stress of trying <laughs> to you know you can see that little cr- the back legs crouching yeah. you're like no you no, just, no 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 you develop that sense of like oh oh it's going it's going yeah. <laughs> I looked after my friend's puppy like about a year and a half ago. I looked after my friend's puppy for like five months and 
it was kind of the best and worst five months of my life but it, you just develop yeah. this love and this connection with this little creature and it's like oh my god yeah it's funny because you get a dog and one day later you've got a new family member that you would die for yes completely i think yeah the moment you kind of get the little dog in your arms and it looks at you looks you in the eye you're like "Uh oh this is it because i i thought i used to be a cat person and i always was a cat person and then i met i was on holiday and and there was a, a dog that got abandoned on a beach and um the 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 couple in the apartment next to me they like took him took this little doggy oh, and wow. uh, I, they used to let me look after it as well and uh I sort of fell in love I was like crying on the plane home because I'd become its like little surrogate mum oh, and then man. I looked after my mate's dog and it was like yeah I'm a dog person now for sure yeah I like dog and but, cats yeah. but I think if pushed I'd have to say dog person but I do like both same, mm. same. just no birds I'm not into birds I don't like birds <laughs> Bird's feet. <laughs> you don't fancy a nice sort of smelly parrot or something. <laughs> no, because my son, the five-year-old, he loves parrots. He wants parrots. And like, um, oh, you know, when you when you have that, when you're just chatting about pets or whatever, he's like, well, I'm gonna have, you know, fifteen or twenty parrots. I'm like, oh, wow, mm, you're like not in this house. I'm not coming to see you. <laughs> um, the, I love that he's it's, so. Like... It's the feet, the claws, the talons. <laughs> Do you have a fa- is it is could we kind of say that like Andy Bell as a as a phobia of parrots feet yeah. is that a thing is that like, should we put it on your wiki that should be like, like the whatever they you know the tagline for this interview <laughs> I'm definitely gonna put, I'm like, gonna one get of like the... parrots feet thrown at me now <laughs> that will be on the front cover of your next album <laughs> just just a manky old pair of parrots feet yeah have you seen Nicky Pop's parrot <laughs> I think it's feet. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, it's not a trick question. Isn't it called Biggie Pop, his parrot? Oh, I didn't it's know he had a parrot. I thought you were going to ask me if I'd seen his feet, but I haven't seen his feet. He's, he's, oh, his <laughs> he's got really well manicured feet. <laughs> I bet he's got lovely feet. <laughs> I I haven't seen Niggy Pop's parrot's feet. I could, I will look though. I think they're pretty standard for parrot's feet. But um, yeah, is it is it just the claws? Like what about chicken's feet? Is that the same? Oh, the same, can, worse. Worse, right? Worse. Yeah, yeah. It's the thing that they're they're kind of primal, dinosaury, like sort of, um, yeah, some, like something from prehistoric times. Yeah, you're right, isn't it? It's not like a normal bird has like little delicate little little feet, isn't it? I mean, but three like, pie is sort of like just three lines, but that's not real. That's not real life, is it? Like no. I'm talking about this, the the gnarly. They look a bit like tree trunks, or not tree trunks, yeah, tr- twigs. Kind of haggard, haggard, gnarly twigs. Like, not, yeah, they're gnarly. It doesn't go with the rest of the whole bird thing, does it? The bird, like, nice and feathery. Well, and have you like, ever got... seen an owl open its mouth as well? When you look at an owl, you think... I've seen an owl sneeze. Here, yeah. Well, it's you look okay. at an owl and you think, I bet, I bet its mouth is small, like the beak's small. I bet the mouth is... <laughs> A little bit bigger than that but if you see the thing open its mouth the beak is like it's just like this tiny little thing on the edge of an abyss <laughs> a, an owl's mouth is crazy big and they can look 360 degrees as well 
I've seen that. I mean, that kind of blows my mind. Can you the think? The whole bird thing, I'm just not having it. Well, the owl specifically is such a weird thing. When I was in Australia with the band, we went to this um, mad wildlife kind of park. Well, I went on my own because I, I wanted to go and see the, the wombats. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to feed the kangaroos. And, and I, it was like the only morning I had to do it was this one like really early in the morning. And it's, uh, you know, needless to say, I was probably the only one who wanted to do that at that point. But they had owls there as well. And, and they had all, oh, all these crazy birds. And yes, you know, birds with gnarly feet and stuff. Yeah. But the owls were just like. Was that in Australia? Scary. Of course it was. Yeah, but... it was in. Um... <clears throat> Where was it? Oh. You, you have oh, to watch. Oh yourself around kangaroos in australia because more people are killed by kangaroos than sharks or spiders or anything else yeah right because they just kind of see you as a threat and they, they go lean back right on their tail and kick you and you're dead yeah it's cra- oh brisbane that was it it's like brisbane wildlife park oh yeah i met um two wombats i met like the common wombat and then the southern hairy-nosed wombat and then <laughs> held a snake um yeah, it was good, man. <laughs> but the owl, I don't get how the owl can kind of like turn its head around 360 degrees and not kind of want to wind it back the other way. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Surely everything gets all, all its throat gets all tangled up when it's gone around once. It has to go back the other but way. But it must, it must, thinking about it, it must go back the other way. Yeah. But just you don't, you know, it does it when you're not looking. Such a weird creature, isn't mm. it, an owl? Not for me. I'm not- I mean, I'm, my Google history is going to be mental after this because I'm going to be like, how how big is a <laughs> how big is an owl's an owl's? Don't Google it; you'll end up like me. God, no. <laughs> I love I love that you put this thought in my head though about the owl mouth. It's sort of God, a beak on the it's end like of a, an. It's abyss. like a liar. It's like a liar. Like just have a have a big beak or have a small mouth. Don't have a <laughs> huge mouth with a tiny beak. Can't believe all these years owls have been like lying yeah. to me. God damn. What have you got any other phobias of animals or like no, that's is it really. there anything? I mean I'm not a phobic person. No. No. Can't be if you're a touring musician. No. There's so many irky things that you have to do. Yeah. Do you do you prefer like being on tour or do you prefer, prefer being in the studio, do you think? Or both? Um I like both actually. Yeah. Yeah, same. Well, kind of i suppose it'll sort of come up to the end and i need to let you finish like painting your house how is it going by the way have you almost finished uh i've done a room and i think i'm gonna stop there for the moment are we allowed to know what color we just went white it's a it's a starting point yeah it's a starting point and then you see what to do with it i i just never realized how many kind of versions of white there are until i decided to paint my flat yeah i like what i've done because you know, the woodwork is eggshell and the walls are like matte white. Nice. So it's like, it's a nice, it's just something nice about it when you look in and it's all white, but then you look closely and then the wood bits are all a bit shiny, a little bit shiny. I love that attention to detail. It's mm. good. Are you pretty, like, are you into your DIY and stuff? Um, like good at like being handy and fixing stuff? Um, no, not, not massively, but I will do it. And I, I yeah. do kind of sort of secretly enjoy it. Yeah, of course you do. They all mm. guys do, don't they? Yeah, I think maybe. so. Maybe. Do you fix your own guitars and like sort of like fiddling around with like setting up and stuff? You... No, I would probably break them. Oh, really? I designed a guitar once and it didn't have a bridge. <laughs> I, it was, I got um, I thought I'd design a guitar. You know, I'd have one make someone make a guitar for me, and then uh, yeah, Gem, Gem, who used to work in a guitar shop, 
looked yeah. at it and just went, you know, you've haven't put a bridge on that, so <laughs> not, like it's not finished. So it's not, not going to work. Um, so yeah, I kind of design oh. guitars in the same way that people who are like eight draw cars. Yeah, all the wheels on one side. Yeah amazing what's your I mean you must have quite a few different I noticed actually at the Antwerp show you went through quite a diff- few guitar changes do you have one that you feel is like synonymous with your sound yeah I've got two really there's a black 12 string Ricky mm. um actually it's the one I'm using now is a red one on on gigs mm-hmm. um those are the two original ones from the ride days mm. so uh they're the ones I use to play Vapor Trail live and then mm-hmm. um the other one is a, a red trini lopez semi-acoustic which Ooh. is just a really good it's like a three three five or something but yeah. um with it's a cool like diamond shaped yeah isn't it? yeah diamond shaped f-hole firebird headstock so nice um yeah it's really cool looking so because didn't dave Grohl play one of those but like a pelham blue one he did sparkle yeah red's cooler though red guitars Oh yeah, I think God. they only really come in red if you buy the old ones. And yeah. I think um, Dave Grohl must have got a different colour yeah, made. he's got a new thing. You've got, you've got the original thing, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's So let's just go to the point where this is all over. I know it's not really a point where it's all over, but, you know, the last person who's had corona is, is recovered. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, <clears> well, they found <throat> a cure. What's that? They found a cure. They found a cure, and it happens to be... Uh, an owl's beak. Oh. <laughs> That's the name of your paint, isn't it? Have you notice how paints have ridiculous names like mouse breath or <laughs> owl evening, beak, yeah. evening twig, <laughs> owl's beak. <laughs> oh, I got this parrot's claw. <laughs> oh, God. God. I want to be that person that has the job of naming paints because it's just so obscure. Like mole breath, isn't it? Is yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Is that far yeah. and ball, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've seen one of them. Yeah, Mulbreath. Oh God, um, there should be a band called Mulbreath, surely. Perhaps there is, like a death metal band in Iowa. Yeah. Um, so you're you're putting on a live show, right, just to celebrate all of this craziness, and um, there's going to be a pub there, your favorite Good. pub, kind of sort of like Good. set up a scene there, your favorite right. football team. Uh, yeah. all that kind of stuff but you get to choose five acts music acts that are going to play and one of them is definitely going to be you guys I think because you'll be wanting to play live after all this time but so you can choose four others who would they be past or present uh I'd say probably alive alive and and, alive sort of and like kicking, yeah games. oh man yeah this sorry where I'm just gonna freeze into <laughs> inability to answer but all right, so I've got, I've again got i can just put in some some kind of you know music it's fine i am gonna i'm gonna put a primal scream on the bill oh nice thanks yeah i've just sort of because i don't know that'd be a nice combination because you're be, a great band you know it would be awesome to yeah um i say let's have guns and roses back oh yes all right because, like you know, it. it's a funny thing, actually. Um, mm. When, um, this is not Guns N' Roses, but it's the same energy. Like, mm. when I was thinking about what do I want from a gig? And they put, and I, on, on the radio came um, Metallica, mm-hmm. um, often never, never land. That, yeah, yeah. Um, is it Enter Sandman, is it? Uh, is that Enter Sandman? So. 
I think it's called Enter Sandman. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not a Metallica devotee. I haven't got any of the records, but mm-hmm. I know a couple of the, the big ones. And Same, yeah. I was like, I want to be, when this is all over, I want to be at a Metallica gig. So I'm going to go Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Ride, Primal Scream. And then just for balance, I think we'll go with uh, hmm, Aldous Harding. Oh, wow. Nice. Just to break things up a little bit. I mean, and that's not really going to work for her. It's going to, she's going to have a nightmare. But she'll have, she'll have a whale of a time, man. I mean, that's eclectic for sure. <laughs> It'll be one hell of an after show, won't it? <laughs> I think maybe she could play like at the very end. Um, you know, when you, people tell me, people tell you that you're headlining, but everyone's gone home, you know, like you're on last. Great. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like the last band on, but actually the headline was the one before. <laughs> Yeah, I hear. I hear. No, I, I would definitely, well, obviously I would be at that gig because you just chose the band, but I would come to play anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to be there. Come to be there, man. Yeah. Are there any bands that are your, like new bands that you're into at the moment? Um, Yeah, there are. <laughs> Don't make me you want to tell me who they are, man. <laughs> um, what about Bedroom? I like Bedroom. They're really good. Bedroom. Aren't they great? I was going to mention them. Aren't they absolutely brilliant? I love them. I'm so behind those guys. And have you met them? Yeah. Yeah, you get yeah, because you you did um, an acoustic version of Vapor Trail, and I went ah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they were great. <laughs> That's probably why I thought of them because of that I was subliminally thinking about that night. Yeah, um, and I recently remixed them as well. They've got an album. Their, their album's great. Yeah, you you've got. I think it's a remix of yours coming out yeah. in May, isn't it? Because I'm waiting for that. Yes. And then Crushed Beaks are really good. They play with us on the last tour. Yeah, they were great. Um, I was really impressed. I hadn't seen them. Like, Were they the, one, the ones playing in um, Antwerp? Yes, that was them. Yeah, I was impressed by them. I thought they were great. Cool band. Is it nice to see so many new bands coming up that are kind of of that ilk, of that sort of umbrella of shoegaze? I mean, it's such an all-encompassing term, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is nice. But... Yeah, it's cool. At night... Because surely those bands would have been massively inspired by Ride, you know. Well, or the bands who we were inspired by or something. But Yeah. Yeah, it's always good to see guitar. I mean, I think I would broaden it out and just say it's always good to see guitar music happening. Um, sometimes Definitely. it goes through weird yeah. periods where a guitar just becomes something that you just don't want to hear because it's just people are using it in a boring way. But at other times, like yeah. now, I like how people are using guitars, you know, they're sort of, the sounds are good. It's so important. The sound is so important. It's so true. It's so true. And guitar is one of those instruments that can be so fluid and so expressive and like so emotional, but sort of angular and angry as well. And, and all of these things, and it can just really shape um, a bit of music, sort of maybe more so than any other yeah. instrument, I think. Shout out to little Barry. But, um, oh, hey, Baz. Um, yeah. Barry's Instagram feed is like every. Every time so he puts right? a bit of guitar playing on, he's he's wearing some incredibly cool outfit and he's playing some incredibly cool looking guitar and the stuff that comes from his fingers is ridiculous. He's just... He, I, yeah, I miss playing with him. He's such an inspiration. He's one of the nicest guys in, in the music biz as well. It's like, I, I've known him for, I don't know, maybe 20 years now and he's, um, <clears throat> he's always, he's still as down to earth as, as he was, you know back then and yeah. um 
Yeah, I think he's right. I spoke to him the other day. He's, I'm going to do one of these with him as oh, well. Cool. We're going to have a little nap talk about stuff. Yeah, it's got to be done. And um, I think he's running out of outfits now. He's going to have to start wearing his girlfriend's clothes on, on Instagram. Yeah, I love I love seeing his videos. I mean, he's just, I don't know how he does what he does. Every riff. That, he's so talented. I don't know, yeah. just, just like chef's kiss. Yeah, yeah completely, completely. Um. Well, I'm going to let you carry on with your with your day and okay. uh, painting and, and all of the good stuff. And um, thank you so much for joining me. You're really welcome. It's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. And um, I look forward when we can all see each other in uh, in 3D, man. Yeah, that's going to be a good day. Yeah, and that gig. <laughs> the gig. I look forward to that gig. That will be a storming <laughs> gig, man. <laughs> I fucking will. Yeah. All those agents out there, call me. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna suddenly get an influx of like loads of emails like okay okay we can do next next summer man in july yeah, yeah. oh god all right, all right. Well, i wish you i wish you well and um i will speak to you soon you too cheers yeah.